It's now time for Remember When with Uncle John. John Guess, Washita County's resident storyteller and local historian. Sit back now and enjoy a walk down memory lane as John recalls the days of yesteryear in his own unique way. You never know, some of it might even be true. So here's Uncle John, along with his trusty sidekick, Kelly Blair. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, here we are at the start of a brand new week. Got Guest Fest behind us. Got Mother's Day behind us. We are just rolling, however. We do have the Blossom Festival coming up this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, down in Magnolia. Steak cook-off, John. You got to love steak. Oh, I do. Who don't love steak? Absolutely. So, got that to look forward to. But you said today is a big day for other reasons as well. Well, you know, my birthday was last week. Yep. And we talked about my good friend from Ort Nashville, Jack Daniels. Yeah, the Jack Daniels. Not not the Jack Daniels from Lynchburg, but the Jack Daniels from Nashville. Absolutely. Old hot rodder guy. Uh, <clears throat> the first two years they made Corvettes, 53 and 54, they had six cylinders. They didn't have a V8 engine. Yet. Oh, okay. Uh, Chevrolet began production of the first V8 engine, came out in 1955, 265 cubic inch. Nice. Those valve covers on those, the, the mounting holes were staggered. They weren't directly across from each other. Uh, when they started building Corvettes, they put V8s in them. They they produced aluminum valve covers. Gotcha. Just for Corvettes. Right. And they had Corvette on them in the middle of them. And the first ones were nine fins. They had nine fins on them. Oh, okay. And they were very rare. Uh, not long after they started producing them, they started putting mechanical, Rochester mechanical fuel injection on them. Well, the, the plenum and the cleaner on the, injection would not clear the fins ah. so they had to mill fins off of them and after that they became seven finned all the way through the end of the production they stayed seven finned but the nine fins are real rare well when they started the 283 engine 57 those holes are directly across from each other okay and stayed that way until they quit producing those type engines the most famous engine ever produced small block chevrolet well, the nine-fin valve covers, as I said, are extremely rare. There you go. When I bought my 55 that I had when I was 16 years old, it had a 327 in it with those what they call power pack heads on it mm-hmm. with the staggered valve covers. And it had the nine-fin Corvette valve covers on it. And I held on to those for years and years and years until the kids wanted to go to the beach or state fair. I don't remember why I sold them. But I sold them to a guy in El Dorado on the premise that, you know, if he ever decided to get rid of them, I'd get them back. There you go. Which I never got them back because he put them on a car and sold it. Oh, okay. Broke my heart, hurt my feelings, made me mad at the same time. But anyway, long story short, I am in the process of buying another car in Magnolia, a 56 Chevrolet four-door, all original, been in a shed since the 70s, got the 265 V8 in it. Got power, it's a power steering car. It's a, got a lot of options on it. Uh, pretty much coming to a deal with the guy to get it. Well, this is just how much people pay attention. I happened to mention it to my good friend Jack Daniels when he called me because he heard our birthday wishes. Absolutely. I happened to mention to him that I was going to get it, and he knew that those cars had those staggered valve covers on them, you know. Wow. And so I get home the other day. And on my table, on my back porch, 
is a box with a big red bow on it. And I'm trying to think, was well, that got a bomb in it? <laughs> yeah. Or has it got snakes in it? Or, or you know, has somebody thought enough of me to give me something? So I opened it up, and there in there was a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> and, and a pair of nine-fin staggered Corvette valve covers. So you knew who it was from. And I have no idea where he got them. I don't know what he did to, t- to get them. Because that's only about the third pair I've ever seen. But uh, he had a little note in there that said, uh, these are for your 56. Put them on there. There you go. And I hadn't talked to him since then. I'm kind of waiting until the shock wears off. But my good friend Jack came through with a bottle of Jack and some nine-fin Corvette valve covers. And there's a birthday uh, gift extraordinaire right there. Right. Nine-fin valve covers. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Can't beat that, but No doubt about it. Hey, that's going to wrap up Remember When with Uncle John here for today because talking about all these cars probably puts you in mind of some of those great cars you had back in the day. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, we have done it. We have survived Monday once again, but, you know, we're just rolling right along. John, what you got on your mind here for today? Last Friday, late in the evening, I went over to White Oak to Lower White Oak to my daughter Charity's place to pick up some stuff she had gotten for me. And it was probably 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes before sunset. And the sun was getting low, and and her and her husband Matt was out on the dock fishing, you know. They got a dock all the way at the end of the road on County Road 15. And uh, I went out there and sat down in the chair a few minutes, and that, that sun was going down over that lake. And it just brought back a lifetime of memories. You know, uh, one of the things that I remember most, not long after they built Bragg Lake, I mean White Oak Lake, the thing that, the first the first recollection I have of White Oak Lake is there at Starnes Landing, they had a boathouse. They had a, uh, a dock that they would, they rented boats, or you could, you know, you could pull your boat in there and tie it off, you know. Right. And I can remember going and sitting down, and you could see schools of fish right there around the bank. Hey. And uh, I remember my daddy would give me, give me stuff to feed them with, you know. I can remember going after Sunday evening after church, you know, we'd go riding, you know, on a Sunday, and we'd go to the lake because people were, you know, that was the lake hadn't been there but just a few years, and people were still developing and building houses, and the store was open then, you know, and I always knew I was going to get me a ten cent cold Coca Cola, you know. There you go. But I can remember sitting on that dock down there with my feet dangling in the water looking at those schools of fish, you know. It's just one of those things you remember. But, you know, I've got a lifetime of of memories associated with White Oak Lake, uh, every portion of White Oak Lake. Uh, during the 70s, the uh, upper lake over there at that time was, it began as Livingston's Landing, and about that time it became A&L Landing. They had a store over there, you know, and they had a, had a pool table in it and a jukebox and a pinball machine. And, you know, we, we spent countless hours over there playing pool, playing pinball, um, just a few miles from the state park. And one of the things, one of our pastimes as early teenagers was going to the state park to meet girls, you know, yeah. girls that were camping. They'd come over and camp, and they'd get on their bicycles and ride around, and ride around the lake, and, we'd you know, we'd stop and talk. And, you know, it's just it's just – you got memories that lay back there kind of dormant, you know, that you don't think about. And watching that sun go down over that lake, it just brought back practically 50, 50 plus years of memories. Great memories around White Oak Lake, you know. I, I've lived here all my life, and 
probably never fished in white oak but once or twice really? never seriously fished i took my kids over there fishing you know but i never was a serious fisherman over there but uh it's 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 just one of those one of those places that that you'll think about you know in your last days because it was there was so much fun in my life that centered around white oak lake absolutely there you go well i mean it's a great place that you have all those memories especially when you can go visit family and go visit the lake anytime you want absolutely you know and uh it's just it's just one of those it kind of makes you sad but then it makes you happy that you got them but watching that sun and and i left and i stopped up at the bridge up there and it was going down over the trees and you know and right right at getting dark and it was it was just a you know a, a, a flood of memories uh, sitting over there on the tailgate of a truck at night, you know, with your feet in the water, uh, watch, looking at the moon rise and, and listening to good music with good friends. And, and you know, it's just it, the world's full of people that never got to experience that. Absolutely. No you know, I, I, I think all the time how fortunate I am to have lived here and lived when I did and, and had the life I've had. No doubt about it, and uh, that's what it's all about, man. It's all about that dash in between the number that says when you got here and when you left. Absolutely. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, it is Wasseling Wednesday around here, so, you know, we got Wasseling to talk about. Who we want to focus in on today, Johnny? I'm going to stump you today. Okay. Michael Pigeon. Michael Pigeon. Now, I'll be honest, I've never heard of a Michael Pigeon. What about the Canadian freight train Joe LaDuke? Absolutely. I know. Jo- Joe LaDuke or That's Joe LaDue or however he pronounces his name. <laughs> That's him, the Canadian freight train. Big, scary-looking dude. Big, scary-looking guy, man. <laughs> Born in 1944. Uh, he, he started out as a policeman. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, policemen in Canada didn't make no money, you know, right. apparently. Policeman so, or a Mountie? A policeman. Okay, there you go. Uh, so he met Stu Hart. On a kind of on of a, law, a lark, and Stu Hart said, "Well, you're a big old boy. So let me make you a wrestler." So he quit policing and started training under Stu Hart. And you know, I've never seen Stu Hart, but they he trained a bunch of people. Oh yeah, and every one of them he trained turned out tough. Absolutely. Well, yeah, he made them tough. You but, you either got tough or you got out pretty quick working with Stu Hart. He started out his career as a tag team partner of Paul the Duke. That's when he changed his name. Okay, I got you. And his name really was Paul LaDuke. And uh, it's funny, later on when, when he died, when Joe LaDuke died in 1995, there was a big controversy in Canada when people found out they really weren't brothers. Wow. That, <laughs> and it had been 30 years since they tag team. They had bought it, huh? Yeah. But anyway, he started out with you know his kayfabe brother, Paul LaDuke, and uh, he ended up getting hurt in a car accident, I believe, and essentially ended his career. So Joe LaDuke went, you know, went to the singles and uh, ended up going to Florida and had a red-hot feud with Dusty Rhodes in Florida. There you go. They bled all over the state. <laughs> Buckets of blood Buckets all over. Buckets of it. blood all over the state. And he alternated between there and Atlanta and Tennessee. Yep. In Tennessee, he had another, another bloody feud with Lawler, Jerry Lawler. And he was just a tough guy. Oh, yeah. I one, mean, he was one a, of those throwback guys. He looked like a, uh, uh, a Paul Bunyan type guy, you know, and uh, was just a uh, a double tough, scary looking guy. I can remember getting on uh, YouTube, uh, WWE Network, something like that, watching some of the early Mid Atlantic uh, Championship Wrestling 
videos. Ricky Steamboat, Mike Rotunda were big then and everything. And Joe LaDuke just came back into the into the area. He had been there and came back, and everybody was like, oh, Lord, here we go again. Yeah. And, you know, a time or two they turned him face, and he was not – was not happy with that he was a he was a natural born heel absolutely you know and he 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 could talk but you know he was crazy yes but he was he was the kind of crazy you pay attention to yep but uh i read a quote one time by dusty Rhodes. you know that he built a he built a a, a cabin in colorado off of joe leduc you know <laughs> you know they made enough money off they of made him. enough money man they bled all over florida and he made he built a cabin in colorado you know, with Joe LaDuke's blood. There you go. <clears throat> but he was a uh, a natural heel, a tough guy, one of those kind that you believe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he would hit himself in the head on camera until he bled. Until he bled, yep. You know, and, and I mean, you know, what kind of guy does well, that? Well, you talk about barrel-chested, came out ball-headed, uh, yeah. you know, with that big mustache and everything, and he started talking about how he's going to break your neck. I mean, you, like you said, you believed him. Like, this guy ain't joking. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Lawler. He and Lawler made a fortune in Tennessee, also. Oh yeah. But uh, great, you know, great wrestler. Great, the kind we ain't got anymore that we need. Yep. You know, character, a character, a character, and a believable character. Uh, he retired in June of 1995. Uh, he ended up uh, having some surgeries and got an infection, and uh, uh, passed away. Of, he had diabetes and a lung infection, uh, and uh, you know, in, in uh, 1999, and, you know, he's largely forgotten today, but he was big in the 70s and 80s. Absolutely. There you go. Hey, that's going to wrap up Remember When with Uncle John here for today. Love looking back at those map memories, though. Back on Remember When with Uncle John rolling right along. Next best thing to a Friday here uh, in the Remember When with Uncle John parts. But what you got here for us today, John? I know you always dig up something good. On May the 13th, 1972, a terrible... A terrible event occurred. 1972, okay. It ruined my Sunday nights from then on. Oh, gosh. Our good friend Dan Blocker. Oh, yeah. A.K.A. Hoss Cartwright. Hoss Cartwright, yep. Died on May 13th, 1972. I did not realize that. Yes. Almost, you know, 49 years ago today. Well, what I really didn't realize is you said they were still doing Bonanza when he passed away. Yes, they were still in production, and they tried to... uh, they tried to carry it on without him, but it just it didn't work. It didn't work. No, you can't have hardly have Bonanza. You know, they got away with not having Adam after a while. They got away with, uh, you know, not having maybe some of the other side characters. But you got to have Hoss. You got to have Little Joe. You got to have Ben yeah. Cartwright. You know, he come, uh, Bonanza came on every Sunday night, I believe at 8 o'clock. Okay. And Central time. Anyway. Central time. And that man, I got to stay up till nine o'clock every Sunday night. <laughs> so you could watch. Because my Bonanza. daddy laid on the couch and watched Bonanza every Sunday night. And you know, I remember it's one of those things you remember. Chevrolet was a sponsor of the show. Oh, okay. And every year they would take a, the new model, and they would airlift it to the top of that big monument out in Monument Valley, that big, you know, that's always in the John Wayne movies. Okay, yeah. They would set it on top of that. And then fly around in, the, I guess, a plane and, you know, film it. And that was the new Chevrolet every year. They did that during Bonanza. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you remember. But, you know, Bonanza, and I still watch it. I watch it every day. Yep. But it was a great, it was a great Western. You know, it was it was one of those Westerns like Gunsmoke that, that was, you know, kind of real. You know, I mean, it, it just kind of. Sure. Kind of focus, focused in on the real world. Right. And, uh 
my daddy loved it, and you know everybody. When when Hoss died, it just wasn't the same. No, uh, you and I were talking. I mean, I remember they tried to come back and do a bonanza where it was like Little Joe's son and Hoss's son. You know, it was like the next generation, and it just didn't take. It just wasn't the same. You know, you look at them. You got Adam and Little Joe and 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 uh, Hoss, Ben. Yeah. And you'd think that between those three, one of those would be a college graduate. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Hoss was the only one that went to college. Really. Uh, Dan Blocker was actually a teacher yep. when he became an actor. Yeah, I remember hearing that. And story. he was the only one that had a college education. Well, you know, you might remember, I told you, my mom's into all this genealogy and everything. She's done the, uh, she's all into the Ancestry.com and everything. And like, I don't know, second cousin twice removed by marriage before they got divorced. Dan Blocker's actually a cousin of the Tidwell clan. Man, that's pretty neat. Yeah, there you go. You know, he was born over in DeKalb, Texas. Yep. And his mother still lived over there until she died. And when he died, that's where he's buried. Yep, he's buried under a big shade tree in DeKalb, Texas. Uh, our good friend Don Banks down at the world-famous Banks Pawn Shop. Yep. He has got a piece down there uh, that the March of Dimes presented to Haas in 1964. I guess he was a spokesman or, or something. The, the the thing that you know the western ties for oh you, yeah yeah uh and it's got hoss on the front of it and on the back of it it's got you know presented to dan blocker by the march of dimes 1964 very cool but he was my favorite you yeah know? hoss was my favorite uh just a gentle giant uh, uh a funny guy you know those episodes that were were built around humor nobody could be funnier than dan blocker oh no he had it down absolutely but uh you know it was one of my favorite shows growing up like i said we we watched that religiously every Sunday night, and then, you know, when that went off, it was bedtime. Yeah, there you go. But I remember every year, I specifically remember the 67s and 68 Impalas sitting on top of that big rock, you know. And I always wondered, how they get them cars up on that rock? <laughs> how they get that thing up there? But uh, Dan Blocker passed away on this day 49 years ago. And uh, life ain't been the same. Oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, we could always go back. And you say you still watch Bonanza today. I grew up watching Bonanza, too. It came on like 10 o'clock in the morning uh, on weekdays when I was home for summer. Uh, you know, summer, uh, out of school for summer, I got to watch it all the time. So. Well, you know, now I got uh, uh, Andy Griffith in the morning, black and white with Barney. And I got Gunsmoke, uh, black and white with Chester. And in the evenings, I got black and uh, I got Andy Griffith color with Howard Sprague, and and I got Gunsmoke color with Festus, and I got Bonanza in color. In color, every there you go. Yeah, I love it. All right, that's gonna wrap up. Remember when with Uncle John for today, but we'll be right back here tomorrow with Top Tune Friday. We'll see you then, Johnny. Do you know what Hoss's real name was? Dan Blocker. It was on no, his, his name on the oh, show. Oh, in the character. It was only it was only mentioned one time on the show. I have no idea. His name was Eric. Really. That was his name. Interesting. Only one time it was mentioned. Now you See know. you tomorrow, Kelly. You've been listening to Remember When with Uncle John on Y95. This broadcast can be heard each weekday morning at 645 on South Arkansas's favorite station, Y95.